And now, being devil, that voice and layers. Welcome back to the BDSM show. That's Billy and Devo talk sports and manliness. As always, I'm Billy. I'm Devo. Welcome back. I'm glad to hear. Glad glad you guys are back. Listening to the right. show. You can hear us. Glad you can hear us. Um. Since last week, uh, Billy has healed more. Yes. From, from his appendectomy. Right. Um, it is officially Gasparilla season here in Tampa. Sure is. And it, it usually lasts about a month because you figure you got the kids parade. Right. And then you got the adult parade. Right. And then you got the night parade. Right. And then you have that big um, race, you know, like the 5K, 10K, 15K deal that, that locks up downtown. Yeah, of course. Um, so we, this last weekend, the, you see they use the kids parade as like a, um, uh, like a, a trial primer. run. Yeah, yep. Because they had all the floats out. I was really impressed. Like, we went to the kids parade and I thought it was just going to be rinky dink, you know, 10 floats and then call it a day. But they had the whole sure. parade route locked out. They had, you know, the whole deal. Right. We took the. We did take our kids down there, and the nice thing is there's no beer allowed. Nice. Like, no alcohol. Like, if you're at the kids' parade, leave the alcohol at home. Sure. Makes sense. Because they'll get you. Yeah. And it's supposed I, to be kid-friendly. Who right. wants a bunch of sloppy drunks around a bunch of kids? I really appreciate that. Um, so we, the parade was supposed to start at 3.30. We were about a mile up the road, and it didn't get to us until 4.30. Right. And we were, you know, at the parade route by, like... 3.20 Sure So the kids were just bored you Well know naturally I mean? like, They're just like standing there They're like what What are we doing Yeah they want to see shit Not been part of a parade before So um, they did get a little spot on the fence Which was pretty cool um, That's good And Finn you know was able to reach over the fence And you know as the people walked by They would hand him things And he was really pumped about it Right So he, he's got all the beads that he collected in his room Archer on the other hand could care less right he just wanted me less to hold him attention span he's yep. just like whatever and you know what's funny is on the floats they had kids on the floats too and some of these kids are not very good at throwing beads right and so I really enjoyed it because it's not like I mean not like they were like meh and they just like you know dribbled off the side of the thing instead sure. of throwing like nice soft tosses of the beads <laughs> just pelted people in the head dude they were whipping them nice i was like i was i was watching it i was like man head on a swivel head on a swivel right i feel they're... like that's on the adults to be like hey maybe toss them underhand it's not <clears throat> yeah, right? people in the face oh man it was great um there was you know the police department came through first with like the motorcycle cops Doing right. their little, you know, figure eights. As they always do. And then, you know, the like, the chief of police and, like, the mayor and stuff came through. And then the urban assault vehicles roll through. Nice. And I was like, God damn. I was like, what in, on earth does the police department need two of these giant armored trucks? And they looked brand new, dude. Right. And they I mean they were full-on armored trucks. Oh, yeah. They mean serious business. I was like, holy shit. I was like, yeah. I guess, man. I got to I, see the, uh, <clears throat> the... They had an event down here. I don't know if it was last year, the year before. I think it was last year. They had an event where they had you know all kinds of trucks and stuff out mm-hmm. at this big open field. It was a big festival or whatever. So they had like fire trucks and monster trucks and, you know work trucks and stuff like that and they happen to have well a they had the tractor trailer that the florida highway patrol uses as like a mobile command, command center, center. Uh-huh. 
for like if something happens and it has all the equipment they might need to set that up. That's pretty cool. And the other one was the Sarasota County SWAT vehicle. So like heavy duty, you know, obviously it's bulletproof, so it's like a foot thick steel and the battering rod that they attach to the front of it <laughs> when they want to just plow through somebody's front door. It's, it's fucking serious business, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you know, Sarasota's a pretty populous area. I sure. guess, they, you know, if they had to... You know, I, I just wish that local PDs like Temple Terrace or Plant City, do they really need... A fucking urban salt vehicle. I don't think so. You know, although like, some some neighborhoods, you might think maybe, maybe you just give but, old Hillsborough County a call and be like, "Yo, can you guys drive over this house for us?" Okay, thanks, bye. Right. If we've got a particularly dangerous warrant served, maybe calling backup from the SWAT or whoever you got to call in. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that urban assault vehicles are necessarily for every department necessary for anybody unless you're talking about like i i mass riots or something yeah but even then it's just people it's not like right you're battling other tanks and shit sure you shouldn't need to it's it almost seems like waging war on your own people right like the militarization right i don't know well and part of that too is you know police departments countrywide get you know, yeah, surplus demilitarized. Yeah, all the surplus stuff. You know, for uh, bargain basement prices because they're government agencies. Like, so. yeah, we need two giant armored trucks. Duh. Right. What if one Insane. breaks down? So, sure. Um, and then they had all the floats, and um, I'll tell you the float that impressed me the most was McDonald's. Really? All the other all the other floats were like throwing out beads like me, me. McDonald's was making it rain. Nice. All the way down, it was just like a shower of beads. Nice. So I was like, "Good for you, McDonald's, letting the kids have it." Right. Um, the adult parade, which does allow open containers along Bayshore. Oh yes. Is this weekend? Right. My mom's watching the kids this weekend, at least Saturday. Nice. So we're going to go check it out without the kids. You know, nice. because every year I don't make plans for Gasparilla, right? Right. And then every year that Saturday rolls around and I see, like, people with beads and shit. And I'm like, oh, I should have gone. Right. Even though it's probably going to suck because there's going to be, like, half a million people crammed into, like, a three-mile range. Of course. But, you know, we have our, our inside job, right? So the family Jen works for uh, is two blocks away from Bayshore. Yeah, that helps. So I got a place I can stash my cooler, poop if I need to, get away from the crowd if I need to. Right. I mean, everybody in Hyde Park pretty much parties for Gasparilla. Of course. I mean, they really don't have a choice. You can either do that or you can go on vacation. Of course. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, they, sh- um, they shut it all down, so if you're not just going to party at home, what really, what are you going to do? Right. You can't go to work. I mean, you're not driving around. Streets are closed. And so what we're going to do is on Friday when Jen goes to work, mm-hmm. I'm going to load her truck up, you know, with my cooler and everything I'm going to need for Saturday. Right. And then she's going to Uber home and leave the truck there. Nice. So that when the parade is over, we can GTFO. I'll probably leave nice. them bef- before it's over. Right. And we can get out of there. So that's the plan. Sounds like a good plan. And then our other buddy, uh, Andrew, who lives also lives in a beautiful townhouse uh, in South Tampa, is having a pre-party. He's like at 9 a.m. He's having like a little brunch thing. He's like, come on over before Gasparilla. I mean, that's the right thing to do. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to make some... Gasparilla's... For, for people in Tampa and... To a lesser degree, the surrounding area. Gasparilla is pretty much a reason to just wake up, drink, and day drink steadily like throughout the whole day. Really, I 
Yeah, and you know, this year they're going to be super strict about drinking on Bayshore is fine, but as soon as you leave that like half a block off of Bayshore, right. um, they're they're going to they're going to ticket you. You're going to get a ticket for open container. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, cuz I Cause guess I'm, what was happening is I'm sure is, there's big trash problems, people walking back and right, just dumping their whatever wherever. Yep. And so that was what that that's what was happening was that people were drinking on the way back to their cars and like just flipping the beer bottles and beer cans and stuff up in people's yards. Right, because people are assholes. Down there pay a lot of taxes. Like a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Show enough. So their voices get heard. Of course. And so now um, they have signs all over, dude. They put them on every single tree like between Kennedy and and um, uh, you know Bayshore and it's like you know Zero tolerance for open container. I think that's fair. I do too. I think that's plenty fair. I mean, because you know they and and honestly, the rules on the books say you can't drink on Bayshore, right? But they're and they willing just to kind of look the other way, right? For today, I mean, so if you're being an asshole, they're going to grab you. Sure. If, if you're, you're being just cool... being responsible, if you're right. being Nobody's friendly and all you. that stuff. Because that's it, it's Tampa, it's Gasparilla, that's kind of Tampa's thing. This city does like to party. It's true. Um, so today when I was at work, they have like the official like, you know, handing of the key to the pirates, and so they right. come through downtown, and I can hear them. I'm I'm on the thirty second floor, and I can hear these cannons and stuff shooting from down the in the park. Of course, so that's pretty cool. Um, so that was this, and then the night parade is in Ybor City, which is a half a mile from my house, which I'm kind of curious to see how, what the, what the neighborhood looks like, you know, on that night. That's, I would say, here's what I'd say about the night parade. I would say if you're an adult, go with a group of friends. Yeah. Experience it once and you're good. Have you been to it? I have. I went once. Same thing. We made it there. I think right at either right at the end of the par- the actual parade parade, or like after it was over, right after it ended, and it's just a fucking mayhem. It you really know? is. If you're claustrophobic, don't go. I'll there's just tell you right millions, now. There's thousands and thousands of people. Um, it's essentially twenty guys to every girl. Yep. So. On the off chance that you're going down there for the Mardi Gras vibe to see chicks boobs for beads, it's crowded. Yeah, just go to Mons or something. Right. If you're if you're that desperate to see boobs, honestly, I like I said, we've I've experienced it once. Once was enough for me. Actually, that was the, the one time I've actually seen somebody stabbed live in person was <laughs> that night. Dude, I was there when I was younger. I don't know, maybe 20. And I remember being shoulder to shoulder. And then all of a sudden, like the crowd just started like pushing. Right. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is how I die. You know, like I'm squished, like my feet are barely on the ground. Right. Um, And I was like, okay, well, that's it. And then I finally like kind of fucking squeezed out into like this little like alcove in one of the doorways. And right. I was like, I'm leaving. I was like, that's it. Like, yeah. I, there's no titties that are worth me getting crushed in a fucking stampede. No, it's not. Honestly, it's not worth it. It's, and especially if you're an adult, there's a good chance you've seen boobs. <laughs> especially nowadays where they're readily available on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. hard to see boobs. Um, so. It's just not worth it. I I mean, if you if you go there for the parade, fine, go for the parade. If you get a nice seat. On, yeah, that's you know, what I was going to say. Club balconies or whatever. If you got if that you can, set up, fantastic. If you can get in on a VIP balcony deal, then go. Sure, because then you got it. a private bar, you got a bathroom, you got a place. You know, you can chill until the crowd clears out. Um, but if you're just going to stand on the street, uh, be prepared to be claustrophobic. Be prepared to be miserable. And again, go with friends. Yeah, don't go, go by yourself. Ebor's so, not one of those places where you go by yourself at night. I mean, you can now. Maybe. Eh, I don't know. I still wouldn't. 
the prudent thing to do is bring friends. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Save hey, and if you're, if you're listening and you want to go, you can park at my house. And you can walk the half a mile to the parade route. Right. $10 parking spot, whatever. <laughs> you have to show me your boobs, obviously. Yeah, that too. Um, so there's those. Um, I've been, and I've been debating cause I've been doing pretty well with this like new eating habits. Right. I'm down like 10 pounds. Nice. In about, in about two weeks. Nice. And I've been, I cut out beer. I did not drink at all last weekend. Oh boy. Which is pretty impressive for me because I, I don't want to say I drink every weekend, but I... Now that I decided that I'm not going to drink, you I wanted to drink so bad, dude. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, I cut out, like, I'm trying to minimize the carbohydrates and cut out anything with, like, added sugar. Of course. Like, you know, I'll eat an apple, and obviously there's sugar in an apple, but whatever. I'm not going to cut out fruit. You know what I mean? Right. You're just not eating, like, apple-flavored candy. Cookies and ice cream and yeah exactly soda um drinking like non-sweet tea or like uh maybe a splenda coffee right um so anyways so it's working right and i don't want to like mess it up but next weekend with the gasparilla adult parade i don't know if i'm gonna be able to make it through sure now i've been told i am allowed a cheat day sure but I don't know if a cheat day also includes, like, 10 beers, because that would be, like, 1,200 calories. Here's what you do, man. Okay? Drink responsibly. Wait, you say that like I know how to do that. I One or two an hour, and you're fine. Especially you if you're talking about, like, a morning. Let's, let's say you go to this morning pre-party at 9 o'clock. If between 9... And what time is the day? Was the parade starts at like three, right? Yeah. So let's say you go to the parade, you have a good old time between nine and four thirty-five. Whenever you leave the parade, if you've got ten to twelve beers, you're doing okay because that's like six, seven hours. Yeah, that's a decent span. And you're I'll not be walking crazy. a lot because you know we're gonna park at the Edingers and then walk to Andrews, and that's like a mile and a half. But right. it's better to walk than it is to try and drive and try to park and try to get back. Right. So I think so we're just gonna walk. Right. So there's like three miles there of walking there and back. You do six to eight, you'll maybe get a decent buzz and you won't get sloppy drunk. You'll actually remember everything. The other thing Adam told me was drink whiskey instead of beer. And he, you won't do any commando rolls on the side of the street. <laughs> he was like he's like, here's the key with whiskey. He goes, if you make your drink kind of strong, you can't slam it. Exactly. It's true. Because right. with beer, you can just guzzle it. It's a very true thing about whiskey. Is he's like, until he's you're like, shit-faced, you're not <laughs> right. slamming whiskey. That's what he said. He's like, so get a whiskey, splash some Coke on it. Coke Zero, he said. <laughs> and you're going to so, sip that shit all day. Yeah. He's like, you're going to have to wait for the ice to melt. He's like, you're not going to want to. You can't slam it because it's fucking whiskey. Right. So he's like, do that. He's like, plus you'll get the buzz without the calories, without as many calories. Adam's a smart guy. Yeah. The other thing, um, well, he said I should smoke. You know, I'm air quoting smoke. Right. He's like, that's zero calories. So there's also (laughs) that. Right. But then you're Um, hungry afterwards. (laughs) Right. My judgment's impaired. Um, I was thinking maybe I'll get a, grab a stogie or two as well that can kind of like occupy me. Sure. You know, like, cause like it's a social thing too. You know, you want to have like that drink in your hand or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want right. to say that I'm like given to peer pressure, but I would give in to peer pressure. Right. I've heard Will has some good ones that he got this weekend. So. He did. That's right. He told me to swing by and grab a couple. So I may do that. There you go. Some Cubanos. Like, official. Yeah, he said, he said, like, a box, he bought a box there for about 50 bucks. Right. That would have cost, you know, in the neighborhood of, like, 180 bucks here. Sure. And, you know, for similar ones, and those are obviously not ones that were Cuban. Right. So, I guess he bought, like, 
four or five boxes, he said. Might as well. Yeah, that's what he said. He's like, you know, there's no, there's no limit anymore for personal consumption. Sure. So he just grabbed, you know, like a hey. hundred stogies. When in Rome, do whatever the fuck him, you want, right? I told him to grab a humidor. I was like, dude, you should grab a humidor because that's a pretty nice little investment of stogies you got there. Right. He's like, that's a good idea. So he sends me a link. He's like, I bought this one off of eBay. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that's good. Um, You and I, before the show started, we were talking about um, Game of Thrones. Right. And I mentioned briefly last week about Westworld. Yes. I watched, I finished the first season on Sunday. Uh-huh. Holy moly. Yeah. You should totally, when you're done with Game of Thrones, check it out. Might have to. Season one's out. Season two, I guess, isn't coming out until like 2018. Yes, they had spaced it out from what I'd heard. So, um, it's going to be great. It's uh, Anthony Hopkins is in it. Ed Harris is in it. Um, the guy who plays Cyclops from the original X-Men trilogy... Marsden? Yes, that's him. I kept wanting to call him Scott, but that's his Cyclops name. Right. Um, they are all in it, and so it's it's really good. Nice. Um, I, I enjoyed it. check it out. Um, Star Wars 8. It has a name. It has a new name, officially, yeah. I thought it was kind of a spoiler of a name. Uh, but it, it makes sense, be. too. It's open to interpretation. The Last Jedi. Right. And so you're right. The, you know, before the show started, we talked about this, and I thought, you know, oh, The Last Jedi, that means it's uh, there's no more, only just Luke. And you're like, no, no, wait, because Jedi is also plural. Like right. deer and deer. So it could be like, like the last stand of the Jedi. You know what I mean? Sure. It could, it, the Last Jedi could be Rey. It could be the two of them. Who you know, knows? Could be some. Could be other people we haven't met yet. I mean, they they're going to be ridiculously tight lipped about the plot. I'm sure until For you the, know, I mean, trailer comes season comes along in about a year. So, so yeah, we should start seeing some trailers trickle in. You know, a teaser should come out what in March. Well, and here's the thing. Remember with the with the Force Awakens, the trailer didn't say much. You know, like Rogue One, you kind of knew what was going on. The The trailer yeah. for The Force Awakens, I mean, they showed clips and stuff from, from the movie, but it wasn't, they never really gave the plot away. You know, so I, and they can do that because people will just line up in droves to see the movie. So I don't know that we'll really know much about the plot until we actually get into the theater. Um, there's this girl on YouTube who I find mildly attractive and funny. Right. And, um, she does like little kind of like parody things about movies that I'm interested in. Like she does a lot of like comic book stuff and Star Wars stuff. And she was talking about, you know, realistically uh, what Ray should have been thinking when she went to, if, you know, if Luke turns out to be her father. Right about why did you leave me there and why didn't you come back for me and like it, it's pretty funny of course Cause she's like she's like hey so if you're my father what what were you doing that was so important because i just found you just standing here looking at the much. water yeah not doing much like what were you doing it was funny i f- see now that as i describe it it doesn't sound as funny as um <laughs> it actually was when i watched it so I'm sure it's plenty funny. You probably also find it funnier because you're attracted to her. That's you know true. how it works? You know, in that kind of like dreamy kind of way, yeah. Sure. The person um, you're interested in is always funnier than she actually is. Mm-hmm. Or he. Right, or he. If you're into dudes, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. It's 2017. I mean, mouth's a mouth. Yeah. Um, did you see the preview for this? kind of cheesy kids movie called monster trucks yes yes so finn went and saw that i I think he went with like annabelle and you know grandma right 
And so this morning he tells Jen, he goes, Daddy needs to see monster trucks. And she's like, I don't know if Daddy really would be into that. And right. He's like, no, Mommy, you watch Archer. We go on Friday to the theater. Nice. So I guess I'm going to see monster trucks on on Friday. Nice. It's good. He, you got the boy who's just going to dictate to Mom, you're watching the other one, and I'm yeah. going with Dad. She goes, you stay with Archer. I'm going with daddy I was like I'll go to the theater with the boy yeah he's a fun he's a fun theater you know he doesn't he doesn't talk too much and he doesn't usually have to get up to go to the bathroom right that's because I make him go right before the movie starts that's the key that's absolutely the key um and then Lego Batman and John Wick come out on the 10th yes I'm excited for Lego Batman me too. It looks amazing. It does. It's like, hilarious. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be incredible. Finn watched the... Um, I was clicking through the previews on the Apple TV. They have like a right. trailers app that have like super high quality trailers. Right. And that was one of them. And the beginning of it is Wiz Khalifa, Black and Yellow. Yeah. And he's been singing Black and Yellow for like three days. Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty awesome, actually. So I showed him the actual um, music video right, f- for Black and Yellow. And he's like, oh, that's cool. I was like, oh, nice. good for you. I'm okay with you liking Wiz Khalifa. Right. So that's, uh, that's all I got for intro. What do you got? Oh, I had one thing that we were going to touch on last week that I forgot. Um, oh, that's right. When we were talking about the appendix. The appendectomy. Um, right. Uh, scars are coming coming along, by the way. Everything's good. Uh, my belly button doesn't look like a belly button. Looks like someone carved up my belly button. But aside from that emotional trauma, I'm doing much better. But... um. Me missing a week of work had my coworkers curious what exactly it is that an appendix does. And I guess there there are varying answers. There's no real consensus. And I'm not in the medical field, so I'm not about to jump to conclusions. But um, some people say that, you know, it, it contains good bacteria or bad bacteria or some bacteria or whatever. And others say that it's basically useless. It's just left over from, you know, evolution. Mm-hmm. So it's become a useless body part. It's just kind of there because it's never been phased out. Someone else at work mentioned the idea of aliens. So here, here is my theory. Aliens. And if anybody makes a movie, anything remotely similar to this, I'm going to sue the pants off you for stealing the idea. So basically, here it is. Bear with me. It's a little crazy, but it's possible because anything is possible. Trump is president. Anything is possible. So basically, humans are born, right? We are abducted shortly after birth. Aliens do their experiments, they do whatever, they examine you, they place uh, this appendix inside of you that does nothing, it fucking does nothing, until it decides it doesn't like you anymore, and then it threatens to explode, or it does explode and could (laughs) potentially kill you. So, they put this appendix in you, and here is the theory. The appendix is the alien kill switch. So when our alien overlords decide that they're ready to come back to our planet and take their home back, they flip the switch. Everybody with an appendix has the appendix burst. Shortly after, they die. First wave of humans knocked out in mass. Those of us without the appendix are left to lead the rebellion. (laughs) The resistance. Right. So all you people with your appendixes or appendices or appendi or whatever the plural for appendix is. Might just be appendix. Um, you're all at risk when the alien overlords decide to come back. Be prepared. 
be prepared to go into emergency surgery to take your appendix out before it kills you. Because mm-hmm. that's the end goal. It's a kill switch. There's mm-hmm. no other logical reason. I can see that. For, for an organ that does nothing but explode. It just ruptures and right. ruins your internal organs. Right. Nobody knows what it actually does because it doesn't goddamn do anything anymore. It's an alien kill switch. So I'm good. Uh, one of my coworkers also had an appendectomy a few years back. So we had decided that we will lead the rebellion out of the Port Charlotte, Northport, Florida area. <laughs> the Charlotte Rebellion. Well, I appreciate Absolutely. that you doing that for us. Right. Now you're informed. Those of us that still have appendix. Right. Be prepared to lose it to survive. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, let's see here. You want to talk a little bit about sports? Yeah, we've got a little bit of sports. A tiny bit. I don't have much. All I got, uh, Super Bowl set. Yes. Um, so, both we, my conference predictions were wrong. Yeah. And, like, not even close. They were not even good games. The, it was the, terrible. Terrible. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the real deal. Yeah, but he wasn't enough. So, I mean, the Packers need a defense. Yeah, that's their you can't do problem. it alone. And you can blame injuries or whatever you want. They said, like, the injury report list, the number of names on their injury report was, like, the longest in the league by far. But I just, at some point, their defense wasn't that good to begin with. So the Packers need a defense. The Steelers, I don't even know what you say. I mean, they need a defense that can beat the Patriots if they're going to do anything. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about the whole AFC. Well, I mean, here's the thing with the Patriots. If you can get pressure with four and cover with seven and play man, you can frustrate Brady like the Texans did. If the Texans had an above-average quarterback, the Texans would have been playing the Steelers this past weekend. Brock Osweiler is just a complete sack of shit. He's a $75 million sack of shit. <laughs> um, if, they had, if, if even Tom Savage was playing, they might have actually won that game. Because he's terrible, Osweiler is. Savage isn't good. He's probably just average. But what Osweiler is, is not even average. So... For the Texans' defense to stifle the Patriots and be let down by their quarterback is just disappointing. But what the Steelers do is they do a lot of zone blitzing and stuff like that. And if you don't get there, Tom Brady will pick apart the zone. Yeah, and that's what he, he knows. did. So that game wasn't close. The The Falcons and, and Packers wasn't even close. Matt Ryan is on a mission. Um, Julio Jones is arguably the best receiver in the league. Uh, Antonio Brown might have something to say about that, but the the physical gifts that Julio Jones has are unmatched. The dude's tall, he's fast, he's out of building, he's yeah. got amazing hands. He's just ridiculous. Like if he stays healthy, his problem is he's got he's had a lot of foot and ankle injuries, and that's gonna happen with any larger receiver, but when he stays healthy, when he's healthy, there's nobody better. He's unstoppable. And, I mean, he ate the Packers alive. So, what we're left with is a Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. So, New England fans are rooting for Patriots. Everybody else is rooting for the Falcons. We'll see. It should be, it's it's a matchup of the league's top-scoring offense and the top-scoring defense. I was going to say, I think it really is going to come down to can Atlanta's defense hold? Right. You know what I mean? And their offense is going to get theirs. Julio right, Jones has got two weeks to get healthy. Matt Ryan's going to be Matt Ryan. If the Patriots don't pressure him, he's going to carve them up. I so, don't care how, how, how disciplined they are. If they don't get to him, if they don't get pressure on Matt Ryan, it's going to be a shootout. And that's the only way the Patriots are going to win is if it's a shootout. So, how how nuts would it have been if 
Houston was playing in the Super Bowl at Houston. That'd be crazy. That'd and be again, fun. if if they had a quarterback that was anywhere even close to average or above average, they're probably there. They have the league's top defense, not scoring defense, defense, yardage allowed. It's hard to move the ball on them. And their offense is fucking terrible because of the quarterback. But it would have been, it was, it was totally possible right up until Brock Osweiler had to play the, the goddamn Patriots. To their credit, they scored this time because they got shut out earlier in the season by the Patriots. They actually scored this time, so they had that going for them. And it was a game <laughs> right up until about halfway through the third quarter. But when you have an offense that can't do anything, the defense spends too much time on the field, and eventually the Patriots got theirs. They're going to get theirs. Um, What's your pick? I, as a totally unbiased, not against the Patriots... Uh, Patriot hater. I have the Falcons. And I think on the biggest stage, I think fantasy football players and most avid NFL fans know who Julio Jones is. But playing in Atlanta, I'm not, I'm not sure that just the average NFL fan really is keenly aware of what it is Julio Jones is capable of. Mm-hmm. And I think on the biggest stage in the game, Julio Jones is going to have a monster game. And I think Julio Jones ends up Super Bowl MVP. Wow, okay. Because I just don't see Malcolm Butler. Okay, he locked up whoever Houston's receivers are with a quarterback that can't get it to him. And helped shut down Antonio Brown because the Steelers didn't have any other viable threat with Le'Veon Bell being hurt. I'm not impressed. So I, the Patriots don't have anybody that can stop Julio Jones. And if they try to double and triple team him, Mohamed Sanu, uh, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, they're, they're, they have so many weapons on offense that if you're going to solely commit to shutting down Julio Jones, you're going to get carved up by somebody else. So they're not going to be able to just double and triple team him like they were able to do with Antonio Brown. It's not going to happen. Julio's going to get his. So I'm sure in two weeks, the Super Bowl will be played, and I'll be completely wrong. And we'll be talking about how none of that came true, and we don't know shit. But as it is now, I'm calling the Falcons, and I think Julio Jones is going to have a monster game because you just he's, he's damn near unstoppable. So I'm looking up the um, the spread. Yes, it's Patriots at minus three. So that's right. pretty much that's pretty much a dead heat. If right. you think about it, I mean it's 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 at three, and I I think it's been it's been at three all week. So it'll be interesting to see over the next week or two as the bets really start to pour in, whether it shifts one way or the other. But I imagine it'll I shift think, towards New England. I'm thinking so, because I think a lot of people are going to jump on New England at minus three, and it'll eventually get to six, six and a half, you know, maybe, maybe seven and a half. But I don't see it getting too much farther than that. Yeah, I agree. So... It's an interesting matchup because, it. I mean, you talk about the number one offense versus number one defense scoring-wise, but Atlanta's defense is pretty good. I mean, they, they kind of learned on the fly this season with a lot of young players, but, I mean, they, they got after Aaron Rodgers. So, it's, it's going to be a matter of can New England's defense slow, or can Atlanta's defense slow Tom Brady or keep them off the field enough? I just don't, I don't see New England's defense completely shutting down Atlanta. I don't see it happening. Can Tom Brady do anything against the Falcons defense? It's going to depend on how much he can do against them because Atlanta's going to get theirs. I, I firmly believe that. I am going to pick... Uh, New England. 
Okay. I just, I think they've been there. They've done that. It's just another game for them, you know? Sure. That's fair. I think everybody's picked New England in every Super Bowl they've been in. But okay. <laughs> yep. I, um, no, I did see New England lose. They lost to the Giants a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, four years ago. Something like that. And that was pretty satisfying, I'm going to be honest. Right, it is satisfying. To watch them lose, and then to watch their fans react to them losing, that was the other part that I thoroughly enjoyed. Sure. You know, because they do Speaking have of which, a certain sense of entitlement. Oh, of course. When I mean, when you win four Super Bowls over five the course years of 15 or, yeah. years, it's, it's, you get that entitlement, Sure. That speaking of that, the uh, the disappointment. I was watching. Uh, I was on Facebook. I think it was last night. The Heat upset the Warriors at home on a last second three, and they posted one of those like three sixty cams on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, like where you can play the video and circle three sixty. Mm-hmm. It was it was really satisfying to see all the bandwagon Golden State fans. Because that place was like sold out and probably 65, 70% of it was Golden State fans. They're not that, there weren't barely that many Golden State fans in Oakland three years ago. There's not that many Golden State fans in Miami. And there are not that many Golden State fans traveling to Miami for that game. So it was really satisfying to see all those bandwagon fuckers and all their disappointment. And mm-hmm. everybody throwing their arms up like, what had just happened? I love that but face. What? A little bit... Right, a little bit sidetracked, but that was supremely gratifying. It was fantastic. I loved it. Like I being someone who's been a Heat fan since like ninety six and seen some shitty teams but still a Heat fan, it was gratifying to see all those people that in all likelihood switched over because they're bandwagon fucks. Oh, let's see here. I only had one other little tick for sports. Okay. USF football picked up one of the Spurrier boys. Yes. You see that? As a quality yes. control coach? Sure. What's that do? What does that mean? That I mean, is I know quality control is like in the real world. You know, they want I'm to make assuming sure that it's. The, I'm assuming it's just grunt work. Like a that would help, be my assumption. Helper. I guess I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, just curious. I wonder what a QC football coach makes. I guess they'll have to post it because it's a state job, right? Right. I'm gonna look that up for next week. I will tell you. How much an offensive quality control coach makes. Sure. And apparently this was the last of the Spurriers that was employed by South Carolina. Right. I will say on the USF front, um, there appears to be a bit of a curse in Oregon. Um, As we all know, last week it was uh, Odelli... Idele Odorinde, a coach O, the strength coach, was suspended without pay because the whole training incident. Uh, David Reeves had followed Coach Taggart out to Oregon, was busted over the weekend for DUI, and immediately fired. Nice. So there have been some, and I'm not saying I necessarily buy into this theory, but there have been some who are saying that what's going on now with Oregon is some level of karma for what some perceive to be some kind of grudge that Taggart seems to have against USF. With the, uh, you know, he obviously left, which coaches do, they get promoted. Uh, You know, he's recruiting USF recruits, knowing full well that we really can't recruit anybody because for, for... four weeks, three or four weeks or whatever it was, we couldn't announce anything regarding the staff until after the bowl game because of some agreement with the staff in place. 
So we're basically blind there. And then he tries to hire Coach Strong for his defensive coordinator while we were openly, very openly, negotiating with Coach Strong to be head coach and then hiring a former former USF head coach as his defensive coordinator, which to me it just makes sense. He's one of the best defensive name minds in the game. As far as I'm concerned, Jim Levitt's a genius. He's a, he's a football god. So I don't know that I see some of these perceived slights. I mean, to me... It's just business. You you take a promotion, right? That's I mean, that's what it is. He's going to a P5 school with pretty much unlimited resources. Mm-hmm. As far as recruiting, I mean, you've got guys that you're familiar with. And they're quality players. And he... He clearly feels they're quality enough to play for Oregon, so he wants to bring them. I get that. Uh, bringing his some of his staff, I get that. Going after Levitt, I get that. Mm-hmm. The the one thing I didn't care for was offering Strong the position as defensive coordinator when he knows full well we're trying to sign him as a head coach. I thought that was kind of bush league, but um, I mean, really, the only thing I have a problem with is the fact that. He was, you know, recruiting his guys knowing full well we couldn't counter because we didn't, there was nothing official. We couldn't hire anybody on staff because we had a bowl game to play that he bailed out before. And, you know, it, there was no indication. It, it was all mum. It was complete silence on whether who was staying and who would still be there and who wouldn't and and. All that, so the current staff couldn't go out and promise players they were going to be there, and the incoming staff couldn't go out and recruit because it couldn't be officially named yet. So that was frustrating, but by the same token, I still get he wants to bring his guys with him. I get that. I mean, some coaches don't do that. Uh, Matt Rule, who left Temple for Baylor, said he wasn't going to recruit any of the Temple players that he had recruited there to Baylor I think that's fair because he felt it wasn't fair to the school or to the players and I I mean he seems like a stand-up guy so I mean that's that's kind of how I am I would think like if I were to to move up like that I would I would honor the commitments that were already made to the program and try to close out the class maybe take a guy or two with me but not like actively recruiting pretty much everybody. I think that's a dick move. After you've been telling these guys how great South Florida is and then you bail out and then and then try to pull them to Oregon. I mean, you're just confusing the kids at this point. They've spent months expecting to go to the University of South Florida. So, and it's not fair to the school knowing full well we can't fight back. Right. You know, it's like it's like getting in a fist fight with a guy who's got both his arms tied behind his back. Doesn't seem very so, fair. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's the nature of the business. I don't know if there's some slight that he has against the university. I, I imagine at some points his relationship with Mark Harlan was contentious, but I don't know if there's some grudge he's opened against the school. I maybe it comes out that he's. He eventually does, you know. More comes out down the line, but at this point, I I fail to buy into that conspiracy. But for those who do buy into it, they feel like there's with the coaching staff issues the last couple of weeks, like instant karma's coming around. So. I also read that um, USF signed another deal with Raymond James Stadium. Yes. Yeah, I guess they did like a a six year deal with a five year option to extend. Right. Where they only pay the actual cost involved with opening the stadium. Sure. That's pretty nice, right? Right. They said and, ge- generally and, each game will end up costing the university about one hundred seventy k. Right. And as far as tickets go, they were saying. At maximum two fifty of each ticket, yeah, yeah would like be going to the TSA or two fifty, yeah, going to the. And then um, any they they are they have to guarantee six home games, and then any seventh home game, the tickets don't 
you know, USF gets all of the ticket money. Right. And then the other big part of that is the 24-month notice of yes, termination. I wanted to mention that, that we have a, a, a good solid out. Right. So let's say we're five, six years down the line. Mosey has moved to downtown Tampa. That's all official. And the county has cleared the land, and they decide that, yes, they'll sell to USF for whatever, uh, transfer whatever one government entity does with another government entity. And we've got a plan in place, funding set. We're ready to build a stadium. We give Raymond James, or uh, the TSA, 24-hour, 24-month notice that, hey, we're building a stadium. We're going to be moving out. That's basically the perfect window for getting the stadium, getting the land prepared, actually building the stadium, right. doing a quality job, and having it ready to go come season opener. It could be more than two years, you know. It could be. but I don't see necessarily a scenario where it is because I don't think we're going to be building anything elaborate. I you know, know. It's, not, it's not going to be what the Atlanta Falcons have opening up next year. Or like Jerry World or anything like that. It's going to be a nice stadium whenever it's built. It's not going to be the Erector set that went up in Orlando. That's what I was going to say is that, you know, they play right now in a world-class um, stadium. I mean, right. Ray- Raymond James is world-class. We're not going to rush it. And it's like people keep, you know, I see people harp on it like it's not home. They need to bring it on campus and the students will show up. Well, first of all, no the fuck they won't. We have a basketball <laughs> campus on stadium and nobody goes to those goddamn games. You said basketball so, campus on stadium. Ba- basketball stadium on campus. And and nobody goes to those games. I it's mean, sad. They're terrible. The team So sucks. there's that. Right. Well, and that's the point. They will show up if the team is good. Yeah. When we were in the polls in 07 and 08 and riding high in 06 towards, you know, the end of the season, gaining momentum, the game against Elon in 2007 before we had ever even been ranked, hadn't played anybody that year yet, that student section was sold out. Okay? And they came out and they packed it every game. 65,000 people. So, Big East record. When the team is good and the team is expected to be good and the team has high expectations and they're playing quality opponents and everything like that, it's it's full. It's full as can be. It's only been the last few years after we went through four years of atrocious football that we've had student attendance problems and really, to a larger extent, attendance problems. So just moving the stadium on campus isn't going to solve that. It's not that hard to get to Raymond James Stadium. It's really not. You can say it's at 10 miles from the campus or whatever. It doesn't take that long. And it's not that hard to get there. And the parking lot's open for five hours. So if you want to skip traffic, come early. Right. That's exactly it. If you don't want to sit in traffic and wait, come before the traffic's actually built up. There's no traffic there three hours before kickoff. Hell, there's no traffic there two hours before kickoff. Stop showing up right at kick time. And expecting to get right in. But I don't think there needs to be a rush to get a stadium on campus. Nope, needs to be the right one. And you know what Charlie said? He um he wanted a home a home you know, a on campus stadium because it gave the guys some place to defend, you know, like their own right. house. That's their house. Yeah. Right. And I get that. But I think it's something that needs to come in due time. We don't need to rush it. We're playing in a stadium that was just lauded for how well they handled the national championship for college football. We're playing in a stadium that has hosted multiple Super Bowls and done it well. We're playing in a stadium that's revamped. Has put, they put millions into revamping the stadium. Those scoreboards are fucking gorgeous. They're amazing. They really are. All we all we really have to do now is paint all the seats the same color as the temporary seats they had put in, which was a nice shade of green. <laughs> and it's perfect. But I mean they they did they did the LED uh signage 
all the way around the rim of the bowl, of the lower bowl. So the whole everything is so red has been dulled down with all the USF graphics and everything that are constantly rolling across those LEDs. I I just don't see why there would need to be a rush to get into a stadium on campus. You you save the money, you get a financial plan, you get the right stadium plan, you do it right. You don't put up an erector set that bounces when 20 people are in the stadium. And if you're not paying if you're only paying actual cost at Raymond James, that's not a bad deal. Right. So. It's not as bad as deals we've had in the past. Oh yeah, so. we're like the where the Buccaneers were making money off of our concession stands and parking and all that stuff. Right. And where I mean the one year they were gonna have the Big East was gonna have us play Rutgers in the last game last week of the season at Raymond James and they had to change that because oh fucking Monster Jam was in town or something like that. Like we didn't mm-hmm. even have the the right of first refusal after the Bucks. It was just whoever came, first come, first serve. When we're playing our all our home games there for however long it's been. Decades. How is that even a possibility? So that was the first time where Judy, God bless her, Judy G, the the godmother, so to speak, <laughs> was uh was like, Listen, if you're not gonna do it, then we'll build our own. See ya. And the mayor, Pam Maiorio, who is also a USF grad had to step in like, listen guys, let's make this work. So the deal is better than it's been in years past. There's, there doesn't need to be any rush to force a stadium. Let's relax, get the right plan in place, pick a nice stadium, do it right. Don't put up an erector set, put something that we'll all be proud of. No one's proud of a glorified high school stadium, despite what they have to say because it's their team. Let's do it right. I agree. I think you've got to do the, put the right one down. So, also, um, to, to wrap this up, we have a new segment called Alternative Facts. Yes. So, we put it so- we put a couple together. Um, you got you have an example, right, of what what we're talking about here, right? So if you're if you're unfamiliar with the term alternative facts, uh, you probably live in a hole and don't really get out onto the internet much. But uh, you know there was the big hubbub about the crowd size at the inauguration, which shouldn't be a big deal. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So people packed the crowd when Obama got there. That's a historical event. You know, it's the first black president. First yada, black yada, dude, yeah. And, and Trump, who gives a flying fuck? Honestly. So the crowd size itself is not a huge deal until the administration makes it a big deal. Starts calling people liars, and the crowd is bigger than you're saying it was, and it went all the way back to the monument, which there's factual evidence uh, photographical proof that that's not the case. They He runs his new press secretary out there to just scream, basically lies at everybody, that it was the biggest crowd ever, and it's clearly not the case. So Kellyanne Conway, who's been up Trump's ass the entire time, uh, also looks like she was uh, run over by a dump truck and then buried in the pet cemetery. Um, she gets on Meet the Press, I think it was, and the host <clears throat> asked her why the administration would run this guy out there and his first interaction with the national media to just outright lie to them, as he called it, which I think is a, a pussy move, as he called it, falsehoods. Let's just call it a lie. Stop being a politically correct little bitch. And not trying to offend people. It was a lie. They're all lies. And she said that they're not falsehoods. They're alternative facts. And you could see on her face when she said it. Like she was, she stopped for a second 
and her brain was processing. The gears were turning. She's thinking, <laughs> fuck, what do I call this? And she I just blurts out alternative facts. So I'm thinking like her media people were like, all right, just go out here, strict, stick to the company line, just don't fuck up. And then she says the phrase alternative facts, and they all go, oh, fuck. So anyway, example of an alternative fact. The Boston Tea Party was an actual tea party. The uh, colonists and the Queen's men, whoever, were over here. The colonializers, whatever you want to call them. The Brits, the Redcoats, the Lobsters. They sat down with the colonists and had a lovely tea party. Talked things out, hashed things out. The American Revolution never actually happened. They signed a nice treaty. They said, hey, we're going to give you guys this land to start your country. It's, you know, been nice doing business with you. We're going to go back overseas. Alternative fact. <laughs> awesome. So um, we, we did. we would uh, give, a, give a list. Uh, I've got five, Devin. I don't know if you eventually ended up coming up with five, but. I think I did. Let me pull up my list. Uh, would you would you like to to start? I'll go first. Okay. Did you know uh, the size of the funny bone is what determines how funny you are? Yeah. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's no, that's, true. that's definitely. That's a thing. Right. So uh, my first alternative fact: uh, Dumbledore killed Snape. Awesome. Little known fact. Yeah, I did not know that, but I do believe you. Yeah, it's on page uh, 653 of Harry Potter and the Snapely killed by Dumbledore. Um, <clears throat> did you know that Will Smith was the 11th member of the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> That's not... I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a bug. I wasn't laughing. There's a bug. That's legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely... I I definitely feel enlightened now. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, when ODB went to jail is when, uh, you know, Will Smith moved in. Right. Of course. Of course. Feel, feel that, um, that artistic gap. Here's Here's one about our show. This one's close to home. Did you know that we have 6,500 plus daily listeners? Daily? Every day. Every day. It. Seems low. At Sounds least, low to me. At least 6,500 download our show every day. Man. Alternative fact. Um, did you know that the earth is in fact flat? You know, I had I had some inklings. Yeah, right. Have, have I, you ever seen it curve? I haven't. No, I mean, as far as I look, it's flat as can be. Flat as can be. Now that you've officially stated it, I definitely believe that. Yeah, I definitely I mean, believe. I that. think I when you that. see a curve, I think that's just like the cameras they're using. Yeah, it's just a special it's lens. Like a wide angle lens makes it look curved. Yeah, prove it in science. It's obviously flat. Right, definitely. All right, so uh, my next alternative fact. Did you know that uh, Brady actually fumbled against the Raiders and the Raiders went to the Super Bowl? Tom Brady is a farce. Tom Brady is a farce. The tuck rule is not actually a thing. It was a fumble. Yeah, it was a fumble. So, Um, Did you know... Um, Donald Trump is the first president that does not poop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. That's, that is a great piece of information to have. Fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true, Um, though. Oh, it has to be. Good luck finding a Trump turd. Not yeah, gonna absolutely. Not going to happen. He's going to show it. He can't show you anything. 
Because he's got nothing. Only if no he's problems. got compared to one of Obama's turds. <laughs> it's true. And Look it this, happens to shit be out of my mouth. Right. Uh, did you know, Devin, that Tim Tebow was the best NFL quarterback of all time? <laughs> I'm glad you said NFL. Right. He definitely wasn't even close in college. He was a terrible college quarterback, actually. <laughs> and when he went to the pros, he really refined his game. and Really and, came of age. Right. Right. He was the greatest. I Best of all time. Better in Montana. Better than Peyton Manning. Better than Eli. <laughs> Joe Montana. One of the true greats in the NFL. Um... Did you know um, that if you don't use it, you lose it? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am suddenly going to go find a use for a it's... few things. Yep. Yes. All right. And then, um, Devin, did you know, alternative fact, Hillary Clinton is actually the president? <laughs> the lizard people made it so. Right. <laughs> yes. Fuck lizard people. Yes. Absolutely. And then uh, I had one bonus alternative fact just for you guys. Uh, bonus alternative fact the Yankees don't suck. Um, the Yankees, in fact, don't suck. That's one for MLB memes, actually. <laughs> nice. the, Yankees, the Yankees don't suck. So. so. There's our show, um, ladies and gents. Thanks for listening. Billy actually has a uh, a joke for us. I do, and this uh, the alternative fact segment. I'd actually like to bring it back sometime. Yeah, revisit I, it in the it future. It's fun. It's fun. It's enlightening. I, I never I, knew I learned, that Donald Trump is the first president that doesn't poop. I learned so much. Right. I think we all did. So anyway, moving on to our our joke for the end of the show. Devin. Yes. What what phone line does the White House send its official press release from now? I don't know, Billy. The alternative facts. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. That's Topical. Fantastic. I'm glad we saved that segment for the end then. <laughs> right. Right. That's awesome. Um, thank you for listening. Um, next week, I will have Gasparilla stories for you. Sure. Maybe a Monster Trucks review for you. Sure. Um, and I'm not sure what I'm doing on Sunday. Maybe Disney? I don't know. Fair enough. So... Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Alrighty, guys. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.